You're listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, and today we have a special guest. In fact, we're already having fun. My pleasure to introduce during this... Pre- let's have a sn- uh, pre-boarded the fun bus. <laughs> <laughs> we pre-boarded the fun bus here. Okay, we have thunder. We have thunder. Our engineer, Rusty, quickly closing the window. Oh, That's why I get paid the big gi- bucks. Giving away <laughs> the fact that The Rick Z Show is, is, you know... We need some thunder, though. Anyway, uh, auspicious start to the podcast, but I kind of like it. It makes sense because our guest is just as quirky as that intro. Uh, welcome, Benjamin Herndon. Benjamin, welcome to the Rick Z Show. I am so welcome. I feel so welcome. <laughs> you are so welcome. I am welcome. You are welcome. Never know what you're going to come up with. You're a unique songwriter, oh. musician, in fact, multi-instrumentalist. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. Let's just start at the beginning. I used to bowl a lot. That's the next podcast. I was, no, I gave it up. Bowling for musicians. Where were you born? Well, when I was born there, it was called che- I was called Norfolk County, Virginia, but now it's called the city of Chesapeake, which is almost to the North Carolina line on the eastern shore of Virginia, by Virginia Beach. And what year was this? 1945. Salute me. I'm, 45? Yes. Wow. Hitler just uh, did his thing, and I said, okay, I can come out now. <laughs> okay. Well. It was just right after that, right after Hitler did his thing, I said, I snuck out, and I'm so glad I didn't have to deal with that shit. Well, very good. That's, uh, we'll, we'll edit that out later. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, he didn't Mom, mean that. Not, he didn't mean She's it. listening it's from the, another planet. Hitler was never remembered for his paintings. Oh, no. So, Benjamin, what got you into music, and when did you start? Did you, I mean, I know you as a piano player, a, mostly a bass player, and a guitar player, and, of course, a songwriter. I mean, what came first, and why all these different instruments? I mean, you're you're uh, well, a good drummer, too. When I was growing up, there was, just happened to be an old player piano type upright gizmo, but the player part was shot, didn't work, the mechanics were gone, but it actually could be played and tuned somewhat. And my sister got it, my older sister, because she was taking lessons and sort of abandoned that and there's a piano sitting in my living room as a kid, and I just sort of was drawn there and started going, playing little... Uh, Are you self-taught, or did you ever take uh, lessons? That first experience kind of planted a seed, and, and uh, by the time I was 10 years old, I just had, there was a local guy teaching accordion lessons in the neighborhood, like a door-to-door old like guy from Eastern Europe or something, and driving a big DeSoto car, going door-to-door named Godfrey Flux. What a name. Wow. Godfrey, F-L-U-X-E, Godfrey Flux, like a Mr. Bojangles accordion teacher, door-to-door guy, was in my neighborhood. So ah, I think I'll take accordion lessons because my friend Doug took accordion lessons and everything Doug did, I kind of did kind of thing. You were drawn to all things musical. But anyway, I, mean. I started taking accordion lessons from this guy, Godfrey Flux, you know, silly ass that I didn't even like, but I'd learn it and play it, and and I realized I had a good ear because I just decided not to learn the reading of the music, and I would just learn it and mimic it. He thought I was reading. He didn't care. He got his $10 and whatever. So a lot of the stuff that he would teach me, I would just like play it because I memorized it rather than learn really to read notes. And how old were you at this time? Nine, ten-ish. Had you started playing guitar or no, any other No, that came like a couple years later. My older sister had a boyfriend who was like a rockabilly Gene Vincent wannabe dude named Alvin Privet with slick back hair and rolled up cigarettes in his sleeve and freaking pink pants and like all rockabillyed out. Courting my sister, he used to come over and bring an acoustic guitar 
and play Hank Williams and some rockabilly and some this and that. And I went, wow, that's cool. F*** the accordion. And, uh, and uh, started checking that out. And then later, he started showing me chords on the guitar. He was my, like, guitar guru, Alvin Privet. It seems all musicians somewhere in their past have some older person that they look yeah, up to. Yeah, like, wow, look at that. I can He actually do that. set That's me down and gave me the time of day to do it rather than, you know, like, ah, get out of here. I'm dating your sister. You know, yeah. Benjamin, not all musicians, however, are mm. songwriters. I would say, I, I don't, I can't put a number to it. Let's say one in ten musicians try to write their own material. You've always written songs, certainly as long as I've known you. I mean, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Uh, I think I don't remember the words, but it was like one of these, it was a protest kind of a song about when I grew up in the 60s, you know, we ducking under the desk having bomb scares and like watch out for that Nekrusha if he's sneaking up on you. All that kind of stuff going on. So I, I had this like melody that... Khrushchev, did you say? Khrushchev. Nikita. Oh, right. Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Yeah. Khrushchev. Right. Nikita Khrushchev. This is back at the, the Take off of his shoes banging on the desk guy. That yes. guy. That was the theme of that time. So I wrote this song about an old man sitting with his like grandson talking about how it was when people didn't have mutated two heads and like <laughs> were breathing fire and apocalyptic sunburn and all that shit. I miss that part in history. Well, you miss it, I'm saying. But okay. the, that, And then the, I took that melody later and turned it into a whole other song, but that was kind of my first. And then by the time of high school, I got burned a couple times by girlfriends. I started writing. Oh, yeah. I started writing my plaintive love songs. That's when you start writing love songs for yeah, the first well, time. Yeah, well, you know, and then the folk thing hit, and all. then I started writing, you know. Tell me a little bit about that, because you had kind of migrated to New York. You're really a southern boy. I, I can still hear the oh, accent oh, in yeah. your voice. It's, it's there. It's all down in there, but... Yeah, I've been a northern guy more than I have been a southern guy in my life, though, living. What brought you up here? Uh, just always had this thing about New York when I was a kid, like watching Captain Kangaroo. Like, hey, that's where the shit went on, you know. Hey, look, CBS, look, uh, you know, whatever. New York kind of had this, like, uh, you know. So by the time the folk era was kicking in, a lot of friends of mine and I were going back and forth up to the village and checking out shows and just doing that whole thing. And uh, What year was this? 64 to 5-ish. 65 maybe through 60, late 65, 66-ish. Just as Dylan was starting to... He was kind of fading out of the yeah. village by then and had yeah. peaked his thing by then. Uh, but yeah, it was at the tail end of that whole folk era, like Phil Oaks and, you know, Bitter End. and Bitter all, End, yeah. yeah and, the, and all that kind of stuff. We were going up and checking out the village, you know, like, and going, mm, that's pretty cool. And so eventually a friend of mine, not to be name-dropping, but I got you cornered, cornered me into the name-dropping corner. All right, let's have it. A friend of mine, Emmy Lou Harris, who... Who? I, who? Oh, oh, Emmy Lou Emmy Harris. Lou Harris. Okay. Now, but anyway. Yes. I met her in Virginia Beach because she was very much part of the folk scene that I was in there. She ended up moving to New York on her own, left the Virginia Beach scene, and got a walk-up apartment on Thompson Street near so in so what is now Soho, and a funky-ass apartment on the fourth, fifth floor walk-up by herself. Became a waitress, a half-assed waitress. She wasn't good at it. She's better at singing, and was living up there. And me and my friends, her friends, would come up, and she'd let us kind of like crash at her house and kind of she was the, like the 
pioneer forging the way. And we came up and hung out with her and sort of got more our feet in the door and later and later. You introduced me to her and she told a story about singing you guys to sleep uh, when you lived together for a short time well, in the same she, apartment. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily deliberately trying to sing me to sleep. Well, I happened to be getting singing. ready to go to sleep and Emmy was there with the guitar singing. Right. And it kind of was that, you yeah. know, like Coat of Many Colors or whatever she was doing at the time, all these different songs. A great I, memory. And she's a sweet, sweet, sweet lady who I love dearly. And anyway, fortunate to have that early, connect, still connection with her, but even the early connection. We have a lot of commonality, friends and people who have come and gone and on and on, and it's a thing. Well, it reminds me of a song, actually, that you wrote based on a conversation you had with Emmy Lou. One of my favorite songs of yours, and certainly one of my favorites to play with you. Would you like to tell us a little about that? The song is called Of Us. No, that's not the one. <laughs> yeah. No. Some of us is, ain't with us anymore. Oh, yeah, that's it's, the name. The of name of the song is oh. Of Us. It is? Yes, Of Us. I've never heard that. I've well, never heard what did I ever that. call it? I never called it anything else. I thought you, you were You smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> you nasty man. Okay. I'm confused, but I still know how to play it. I know. Okay. But anyway, it's called Of Us. Of Us, okay. Some of us ain't with us. I was talking to Emmy on the phone one day about something, and we we got on the, the thing about all the people we know who are dead, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then what happened to... Oh, and then they, oh, now... Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's quite and, a menu. And I said, Emmy, you know, there's a lot of people we know who have passed on. She said, yes, yeah, some of us ain't with us anymore. And I said, song, title. Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't react one way or the other, but I deliberately snuck it into my notes. Well, Benjamin, would you grace the show with a performance of that song? You're not going to play? I'll play it with you. Uh, okay. You want me to play it with you? Yeah. I would love to. Riggy, Riggsy. Let's do it. Maybe we do 
So thank the you Ricky, for that. The Ricky, the man. <laughs> thank you so much, Benjamin. You know you're such an interesting character oh. uh, as a person, as a musician. I gotta lay down. What I, what I really <laughs> like about you is most musicians, to some degree, are a little pretentious. You, you don't have that side to well, you. I can be Ricky. I know that, but only as a put on. I'm gonna go have a cocktail. You're actually very genuine, very original thinking guy. You know, a lot of musicians have heroes and idols. He, he actually went and got a cocktail. Okay, I'm. I'll still keep talking. <laughs> Told you what I was gonna do. The the counter is still moving. Okay, it's like a taxi. You're, you're still paying desk. for the ride. What I was saying is, musicians they admire people, they idolize. I know you don't like that uh, idolizer. They have heroes. You don't seem to draw from anyone specific. I mean, I know you're a Beatle fan. Who doesn't like the Beatles? And you like Dylan. I'm sure and there's a lot of guys that you like but you don't idolize anyone is that right it, i admire people's works and their output but i'm not into like having pictures on them on my wall and all that part i don't i've always hated that about the whole music thing where people are made more to be like oh yeah and uh, did you see the shirt dylan had on at that last concert yeah. the last time he had on a slip and uh, now <laughs> right, he's singing right. the song backwards and 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 it's the same song but he's still dylan and 
They, they tend to, people no. get, tend to get carried away with celebrity, and per, particularly in this country. Um, I love you know every so many great people who have contributed so much unbelievable music since I've been born. I like to draw from that, and not so much like being their fan club. Mm-hmm. You know what surprised me about you? I asked you one time if you listen to music, and you said you you don't listen to music a lot. That seems unusual for a well, based on too. the modern person who gets in their car, goes to work, turns on radio. Gets in the morning not that guy I do listen to music but a lot of people who aren't musicians that I know listen to music way more than I do all the time it's always like filling the gap and you know well, you're outside a lot too. So you're quite I, the outdoorsman. You 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 hang out with the and trees I've done a lot and of painting and carpentry and landscaping. Work where I had to be alone all day, and a lot of times yep. it gives me a chance to do music in my own head and not have to be hearing the the Rolling Stones for the millionth time, mm-hmm. even though I love them and whatever. You know, it just seems like a lot of times I just like to have my head not muzaked by anything. Very interesting. It's a great perspective. It's why I like working with you. All musicians, you learn something from all musicians that you work with. Uh, not all of them, but most of them, I think, is something you can take away. There's so many things I've taken away from, from working with you. And so what I'm saying is basically you're a unique guy. I remember one time I came over to your place. We had a, a rehearsal or something, and we went walking out in the woods where you had this gigantic tree that you claimed to hug at one point, and then you... Well, well it inspired. It's my first actual encounter with hugging a tree. I've heard about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were tree huggers. And I just said, I'm going to give it a shot. And it happened to be like a 250, 300-year-old big-ass tree. Oh, it's enormous. I mean, seven foot wide almost, like big, like been there when Indians were there squatting by the river. Yeah. And uh, I said, okay, I'll give that a shot. And and I went. And it kind of got my... My mojo working. It got into your soul, and then and I wrote you, a song. you wrote a song by that title, uh, Hug a Tree. Indeed. And when I came to play in your band, we'll talk more about the BHB thing. You know, we're certainly not going to have enough time no. uh, to fit this in, all of, all of the stuff we need to talk about, just so we know. Are, are you able to come back next week, join the podcast again? We'll just continue If this. the bus is running and I get my shopping bag fixed. All right, well, you know, you work on that this week, and then and we'll be back. But we're not done yet. We still have a a little more time. So the shopping back, bags in the, in the shop. Back to the tree. Shopping bags. Uh, after you wrote the song, I started to play with you. We had a, a drummer and a bass player, the two of us. Right. And you played some great lead guitar, and it was so much fun, and piano. And one of the songs we did is Hug a Tree. And when I came over to your place, oh, yes. you encouraged me to hug that same tree. I introduced you to the to hugging tree. I, I have nothing against hugging you're trees. You're the only person. Did you feel any energy? No. I, not, did, you, did you get anything, or did you get barked at? A little moss and a caterpillar <laughs> on my shirt. The point is, I play the song, I figure, well, I'll hug the tree, and yeah, maybe it'll yeah, inform my playing somehow on the song. Why don't we play the song, and people... Uh, now will, we're will, talking, and everybody can go out and hug their own personal you. tree. I was walking in the woods, feeling really good. I was looking at the stumps, wonder where they come from. While they growing in the ground They're dancing all around Like the people in the closet With the glasses on the noses I got all down in the weeds Up in the bushes with the seeds Where the green moss grows The creepy crawler goes He's looking for me 
under a stone with a family of his own he's connected to the one another cousin of the sun getting busy in the dirt doesn't have to wear shirt or skirt like the people in the closes with the glasses all up on the nose I'm a Won't you excuse me now? I think I'll hug a train. Man, this universe is big. All the algebra and trick. They can't calculate the end. Or even if it did begin. Maybe that it always was All we do and what it does I'm amazed as all the sea Excuse me while I hug Hug a tree They look back in the sky On a moon fly by To see their home planet there Hanging like a bubble in the air They encountered aliens And handed back to them as friends All the evidence supposes They wore glasses on their Small alien noses Very little noses I'm amazed
Yes, indeed. Yeah. My brother, Ricky Z. Ricky always comes through. On well the done, my friend. Well done. That was lovely, Benjamin. Uh, just like you, you're a lovely man. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, I'm, can I hold your hand? No, but <laughs> there is always next week's show, and you never know. I can't wait to have you back, and so much more to discuss, so much more fun to be had and music oh, to be yeah. played. You've been listening to The Rick Z Show. Every week, produced and engineered by Rusty Johnson. Please come back next week, and I promise you, it will not be ordinary. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky. Yeah. We'll see you then. You're the man.